0: Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back, and as always, thank you for listening. So, from those of you who have been listening, to my podcast, you kind of know my gut feeling on church planting. Alright? Because I'm thinking that we need more churches like a hole in the head. What we need are churches that are mature and healthy and affecting everything around them that's what I think we need however I just got to tell you um, in the South Texas area man there are churches just shooting up everywhere uh, it's insane uh, a lot of these churches 15 people 10 people um, not that that's a problem Necessarily. I'm just scratching my head wondering, you know, what happened. Um a lot of times when you see a lot of small churches, unfortunately, what you've what you run into is so-and-so got mad at so-and-so when they were going to this other church, and so they said, well, we'll just take our you know, take our people and go elsewhere and start our own church. And so church planning kind of starts that way. And the other situation is maybe people are using them for tax write-offs? I don't know. You would think I'd be happy that there's a bunch of churches out. But not so much. Because what we really need is stronger churches, not more of them. Now, If you can have stronger churches, and more of them, that's awesome. So I heard a story. And I'm going to share this with you. And maybe I got this totally right. Maybe I didn't. Maybe there's extra extenuating circumstances that I'm not aware of. But let me just tell you what I heard. So I heard that there was... A couple man and a wife and they couldn't have kids they kept trying and trying and trying and couldn't have kids then they got a word quote unquote from the Lord that if they started a church they would get a kiddo so they did and lo and behold Boom, they got pregnant, and had a kid. Now, under usual circumstances, people would say, "Wow, that's awesome, man! That's that's tripping awesome." You know, look what happened. You know, you got a new church, you got you got they got a kid, all of this stuff, and everything sounds fantastic. The only complication I have is that my just gut wrenches over this, this one reason, this one thing, this one small issue. That is the single most hor- horrifying reason I can think of to start a church. part of the re- and and you're going to think, "Oh, Jesus, that sounds really, you know, snotty." Well, here's here's the problem. Churches are extensions of the body of Christ that Jesus set up. Okay? And it's always supposed to be about reaching out it's supposed to be about reaching out to the community it's supposed to be if you have a church and it starts it's supposed to be focused on a mission and that mission is supposed to be not just evangelism there's supposed to be a real a reason why that church exists. Now, when I took organizational behavior in my in my minor, uh, my business minor from from one of my degrees, I learned that organizations, and by the way, nonprofit organizations are still organizations, and that's a church, are supposed to have a mission purpose for being. And if they don't, they're supposed to die. Well, people will tell you, well, our mission is evangelism. That's the entire church's mission. What is your specific reason for existing? And in some cities, They've got, like, so many churches that you can literally, almost literally, throw a tennis ball from one church parking lot to another church parking lot all the way across the Bloomington City. Now, here's my question. Why are there any homeless in that entire city? if you have that many churches per square blooming foot that you're absolutely running over each other, then if every one of those churches took four homeless people, I mean, just four, it would obliterate the homeless rate in the city. It just, Gone. And if they took orphans, you know, and tried to sponsor them and get them through education programs, you know, just four. Because literally, I'm talking about a, a situation where you have so many churches, they are blooming, running over each other. It's insane. And I'm, at this point, I'm I'm almost thinking there's a tax write-off involved. I'm totally serious. But here's the thing: to start a church is always about not about hey, God's going to do this for me if I'll if I'll start a church. Well, that sounds well okay. But uh, what if you need a second kid? You're going to start a second church. You know, third kid, third church. You know, I mean. <laughs> you know and of course you may be thinking well you know, you know oh, no you don't understand that was a very specific word from god but well uh, there's not a verse in the bible i can think of um i mean there's some situations like 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 S- samson and samuel where uh you know some people prayed and, and you know for the kid and then the kid was dedicated to God yeah very specific issues situations but none of them started another church or temple you know uh, best I remember uh, you know Samuel's mom uh, when she was praying for him and then she got pregnant and had him took him to the temple that was there she didn't say okay I'm starting another temple <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Back on track. The thing that disturbs me is, is the church leadership. All right? Because church leadership is also supposed to be about experience and the people there. It's not about competing with the church down the street. The church leadership is supposed to be mature. Now, people will be very quick to say, well, Timothy, you know, uh, Paul told Timothy not to despise his youth. That's very true, and yes, the word they used, neotes, is a word that that was for youth, being young. But, the verse also in Timothy in Timothy 1 first uh, Timothy 3:6 when Paul's talking about hey this is what a pastor ought to be he says that they must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil okay so what are we what are we saying what is it a recent convert? That's where that stuff gets very, very fuzzy. It's obvious that Timothy was a young person. What isn't obvious is how long he had known the Lord. That's not obvious. So it's entirely possible that he had the years in to be an elder, which he was evidently because he was pastor in that church. But be a young man as well, especially if he was mentored by Paul. Now, let's look at context for a second. Because both this verse where it says they don't need to be a new convert. Or a novice is the word that's used. A novice. That means a new believer. Now, what does that mean, new believer? What, is that like yesterday? Or is that like two years or five years? What is that, new new convert? Well, Part of that has to do with experience. How much experience do they have? In Paul's day, and even before, when someone was referred to as an elder it almost 100% denoted an older person now obviously in Timothy's situation it's a little different that's why he Pauls having to tell tell Timothy don't despise your youth because a lot of these people were thinking you know you ought to, you ought to be older i got shoes older than you now It's interesting that um, one of the things in the Torah, and specifically in the Mishnah, uh, and this was something that Paul knew, this was Jewish wisdom, okay, concerning the Old Testament, concerning interpretation of the Old Testament, and... The commentary having to do with the Old Testament. And Ovot 521 in the Mishnah, it says that at the age of 5, one should begin study of Scripture. At 10, study the Mishnah. At 15, the Talmud. And then it concludes by saying that at age 40, one acquires bena, which is understanding. Okay, that's 40. All right. And by the way, a priest didn't usually begin his ministerial duties till he was 30. So if you could see that there is a precedent in the Jewish community for an older person. So Timothy was very much the exception to the rule. Everyone loves to take the exception to the rule and make it the rule. He was the exception. He was a very exceptional person. Because in that community, it didn't mean you didn't have a younger person with a lot of understanding. It just meant that, by and large, they expected you to have some years on you because the years give you experience and the years give you wisdom. Hmm. Now, let's go back to these pastors, okay, that keep starting these churches, okay, and just popping out of the woodwork. How many years have they got in there? They may be experienced individuals. I have a friend who is an older guy? He's like old, old, over 55. He took a pastorate. he's been saved I think four or five years. Now um, in that situation, I'm not going to say, oh well you had, you know you, you can't do that. Well, why? Well, it's not necessarily my job, right? But a lot of people are going to throw that at me right now. Well, that's not your job. You're not supposed to be telling people what to do. But here's the thing. When you're evaluating a church and you're evaluating the pastor, if they are not really grounded, Satan's going to have a field day. And what you're going to do is you're going to end up with a pastor that's either going to get messed up with the power trip, messed up with a congregate in a relationship they shouldn't be in, or a relationship with money that's going to get them. And those are the three, that's the trifecta. More pastors have absolutely crashed and burned on those three issues. Partially because they're not mature enough. And I don't mean age. I mean they just flat haven't had enough time in in the faith. And if they had time in the faith, they didn't grow. Vetting your pastor, checking them out is absolutely paramount because that's the person that's supposed to be helping you grow. And if they are not grown themselves, and they're all polished and brass, they're all uh, glad hand and look great in a three-piece suit, okay? And and, and just know how to just pulpiteer their little hearts out. That's... (laughs) Just because they can stand behind a pulpit doesn't mean they know, or can, pastor. Because a pastor is supposed to be able to help somebody grow. That's what a pastor is supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be equipping. And if they can't equip you, if they're all about them, then you're doomed. Don't get anywhere near a church like that. Or a pastor like that. Because if they if they're not mature enough to help you grow in the word, then they're they're doomed for disaster. And there have been media accounts and newspaper articles over and over and over again about pastors that have just crashed and burned. The job is hard enough without having someone who's not screwed down tight with Jesus in that job. So let's go back to the the thought process of what do I have against this guy and is and you know, have you know, answering the call of God. Well, first of all, I I start a church, God gives me a baby. Mm. That sounds like it's all about me, first of all. Second thing is, now, nobody said he was the pastor, okay? I do want to say that in all fairness. Nobody said he was the pastor. He just said, hey, you start a church, and he did, all right? Maybe he got somebody else to be the pastor. Don't know that. Maybe he had enough years in, experience in, to be the pastor himself. Maybe he's totally great, but here's the here's the the bottom line issue is, is God does something for me and I do something for God. Hey, hey, you know this this quid pro quo type stuff. That is not church. That's not, and that's not a biblical thought process. That's not what that is. It's about. What's best what, what God wants what's best for the people in the area that he's got a ministry focused and it doesn't have to do with ministering to me to get me something it has to do with me giving the community something that's what it has to do so with that thought in mind, you know I want also want to throw this at you, I'm open to to getting a word from the lord okay open to that process i've had friends give me words from the lord but they're always biblical screwed to tight right to the word right and you don't have to have to do something funny with the word or the passage to make it fit for real So with that thought in mind, I want to to encourage you to find a good church. Find a leadership team that is growing individuals. Not holding pep rallies. Not where you get a pep talk and then then a cheer session. No. Not holding pep rallies, but helping you grow. Because if you grow, you get stronger. You get stronger and you can handle the stuff Satan's throwing at you. If you don't, then you'll take it in the face. And that's not what God wants for you. So, I encourage you to hang in there. Keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your life.